As an OD business owner, there are times in your career when you have to make life-changing business decisions. In this podcast series, I'll talk to ODs and business owners who have insight into how things really work, which can help you rethink your assumptions before making those major decisions to avoid expensive mistakes while optimizing their outcomes. This is the Think Again podcast. I'm Scott Jenks, your host, and today's episode is titled Female Leadership in Optometry. Our guest, Dr. Lori Lippiat, owned an independent eye care practice in Ohio for 32 years and is now president of the Optical Women's Association. Its mission is to enhance and promote the leadership role of women in the optical industry through networking, education, and peer support. Dr. Lippiat, welcome to the Think Again podcast. Thanks, Scott, and thanks for having me today. I love it. Uh, You've done so many things in your career. Before we talk about that, I want to start by asking you to comment on this statement. Leadership is more about action than a title. Absolutely, Scott. I mean, I saw that all the years um, owning the Salem Eye Care Center, which was a practice that I started back in 1989. And one of the, one of the, founding principles, I believed at the time was to never ask anyone to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself. So right out of the gate, you know, being the first one at the office, the last one to leave for pretty much 32 years was really how I led the the team that I formed, which was about 13 women. Wow. And, and for 30 plus years, you did that. Now you're not there anymore, but what are the things happened in your practice that helped you develop leadership skills other than, you know, just the normal be there first, you know, do the things that are, are asked of you. I have to guess there are things you did with your staff activities. I don't know what it is. How did you develop some of your leadership skills through that process? Well, as you know, in optometry school, probably one of the things that's a little less than what I would prefer is business ownership training. I was fortunate enough to have a father who owned and operated an independent sheet metal business. So I had observed him over the years and watched how he ran his company and took a lot of little things from there. But mostly I started really resourcing within the industry to understand how I could learn those skills that I didn't just automatically have. So I started reading a lot of literature. I started going to meetings and I really, really tried to start finding out who I would like to have as a mentor. So I did learn through all of my readings that it was important to learn from people that have paved the way before you. So I think that choosing the right people to be on your team is probably a very important thing as you start to lead your own team. You started getting involved in industry. You started um, becoming a, um, a spokesperson for industry companies that had to be pretty important in developing your leadership capabilities outside the practice. It was, and it it really just happened by chance. At the time, it was before EHR technology, as you know, and I was really interested in 
advancing my practice in a way that other practices weren't advancing in my area. And one was clearly technology. And I didn't have a strong history of technology. So I started attending meetings and figuring it out on my own. And I just happened to stumble across an EHR system that was just a startup. And I really started working with that company. And my desire was for it to become the best one in the industry. And I I started to see some things that I never saw before, like, oh, there's a whole industry out here. It's not just me in my practice in Salem, Ohio, on an island with no help. There are people in the industry that actually are now reaching out to me and saying, hey, how would this work in your practice? Hey, what's working and what's not working? Hey, how are you implementing this? And it really opened my eyes to what now I understand is the industry. So you started providing advice and guidance to your peers. And by the nature of all of that, because you become part of the industry, you are imparting expertise. And I have to guess it's a great two-way street. You're also learning from the people you work with, which is an important lesson for the people who are listening today who might decide at some point to follow in your footsteps and become involved with the industry. Yeah, you really have to embrace the process. So the process was I was starting to meet new people. And why did I need to meet them? I didn't know. Well, I came to, you know, become very familiar with certain people in the industry. But as I really progressed in this journey, I came to understand the importance of networking. By networking, I mean, meeting people who could help me in the future. And in return, I could help them. So the connections started happening. If I needed some help, for instance, with instrumentation or what instruments would uh, best fit into my practice demographic, I suddenly had a network of people I could reach out to to get the right answers. So again, I didn't even understand at the time how important it was to build those relationships. But as soon as I started building them, it became very clear to me that really the best way to forge ahead was to build, develop, and nurture those business relationships. Now, were there many women involved in the industry that at that time were you kind of at the first? And and if so, was anyone a mentor to you along the way? It's interesting because, you know, I think back to my days at the Ohio State University <laughs> plug College of Optometry, and there was only a, a quarter of the class were, were female. And when I started my practice in 89, there certainly weren't a lot of independent women starting their own practice. I felt that. Um, therefore, I learned how to communicate with the males in my industry more effectively and how to learn from them. So in the beginning, I would say that I had more people in my life as mentors who were the opposite sex. And as women started 
gaining entry and and it became more popular for women to you know get into the profession i really tried to start helping them understand how important it was to lean on other people for advice and mentorship and sometimes just take a step back from where they're at and and take a look at the big picture to get get a more clear vision of where they wanted to be and and how they wanted to proceed and it became complicated because i think that women in the industry have a lot of balls that they're juggling, right? They're moms, they're career people. You know, I was a little different. I was an independent person who was strictly on a career path. I knew what I wanted. That was what I wanted to do. But as more and more women entered the industry and in particular uh, optometry, you know, we began to see all these complicating factors, like it's not really possible to work from eight in the morning till eight at night. It's, you know, we've got children, we've got dinners to cook, we've got laundry to do. So how to balance that and how to maximize efficiencies and become a good leader so that your actual physical presence wasn't mandated at the practice became a big topic of discussion. It's not surprising knowing you as long as I have that you took mentorship from anybody, but you felt strong about mentoring your fellow females in the profession. And now you're the next in a long line of incredible female leaders of the Optical Women's Association. What does this mean to you personally first? A lot. I'm I'm just incredibly humbled for the opportunity, number one. As I think back, um, I actually had to ask our executive director yesterday when I actually joined the Optical Women's Association, and it was in 2004. So it's 2023, so nearly 20 years. The first several years, I really wasn't very active. Those were the years I was really building my practice, and I really didn't understand the value of the Optical Women's Association as it related to networking and connection opportunities or even inspiration. But in about 2013, I got a lot more active and actually joined the board of directors as chair of the Professional Development Fund. And that's when things really started to change for me. And I really discovered that the more active and the more you put into any organization or actually anything, the more you get back out of it. So I began to really pour my energies into the organization and the women represented in the organization simply because I both professionally and personally was getting so much out of it. And you might say, well, what exactly were you getting out of it? Well, I can tell you as an independent business owner, managing a growing and thriving practice, advancing technologies there, managing people, business operations, workflows, I really needed that support. I needed the support of other women who were also climbing in their careers balancing a lot of responsibilities, juggling a lot of balls. And truthfully, in our area, the um, the 
support system wasn't real strong. So there was a certain level of competition and nobody really wanted to help each other that much. Everybody was, you know, watching their own backs. So I was finding the support that I need to, to needed to grow, to, to really flourish um, through another organization, that being the Optical Women's Association, which to this day, um, a lot of those women are not only my personal friends, but professional confidants. So it is an amazing, it was an amazing opportunity for me to get out of my little bubble in Salem, Ohio, and really dive into what has become my passion, and that's the industry of eye care. And, and I know you as somebody who supported the state and national optometric associations through your career so wonderfully. And so it's amazing to me to hear you also feel so passionate about throwing your shoulder into supporting OWA. It's, it's an amazing organization. It serves female ODs and female industry reps both together, which I think is really unique in our industry. What kind of programming do you have that brings these women professionals together? That's a great question. And it's been brought to my attention by other company um, CEOs, actually. And it's probably the one thing that one reason we get so much support from the industry. For example, this year we had 58 unique companies sponsor the OWA through either platinum, gold, silver, or Friends of the OWA sponsorship opportunities, which was a record for the OWA. And one of the one of the things that I love to do the most is is pick those sponsors' minds, you know, just pick their brains. What do you why why do you feel so passionate about supporting the OWA? And over and over again, the answer is because you provide our female employees opportunities for leadership for connection and networking that we can't provide them. And we don't have to do it when you're when you're doing it. For example, we provide leadership scholarship awards to deserving women in the industry through our funding. And some of those women have taken those leadership scholarship award opportunities to take courses at Harvard, at um, the, the, these wonderful programs that their companies wouldn't necessarily fund, for example. And as a result of that, they've risen in their role at their sponsor companies. And just seeing the, the personal, professional, and emotional growth of these ladies, just it, it just makes me so happy. I love it. And at some of the meetings throughout the year, Vision Expo East in the spring, Vision Expo West in the fall, you have gatherings, galas, dinners. I, I, tell me a little bit about the connections. So when somebody listens to this, they can look forward to 2024, finding a way to make sure they can get together with the, the group. Well, as a matter of fact, um, I think the best way, if anyone wants any more information, we held our first annual town hall this week. 
And that was well attended, uh, especially since it was our first one. So that was this past, uh, it was Wednesday. So I guess everyone will be hearing this at a later date, but that town hall will be posted on the OWA website. For anyone that wants more information about the organization and where we're headed, there's a brief synopsis from every committee kind of explaining what's going on. But in general, we have two uh, live conventions that where we meet at Vision Expo East in New York, where our big gala event is the Champagne Breakfast, along with some other things. And at Vision Expo West out in Las Vegas, where we host the Connection Series Luncheon. We also have a networking and raffle evening on that Friday night. But outside of that, we understand the need to meet people where they're at. And as president, that's what one of my goals is to provide more opportunities for women to connect in an easier way, especially with all the technology that's available today, so that they don't have to necessarily attend one of those events to connect with us. So we are hosting our first um, OWA Unplugged Retreat in October of 2023. And that's happening in San Diego, where 40 women are gathering at an unplugged event to share, to connect, to network. And we're going to do some analysis and, and think tanking around the opportunity expand for expansion. So you can expect to see most likely more of those opportunities, as well as more local regional events for people in areas where we have OWA presence, which is quite a few. So bringing the OWA to people instead of people having to travel to the OWA is, is a big goal of ours. Awesome. Let's finish with this. Dr. Olympiad, your strongest statement of encouragement for a woman in the audience today on becoming a future leader. Well, what is better than feeling lit up and inspired? I say embrace the process, go for it. Don't be afraid to dream. In fact, dream your biggest dream. The bigger you, you dream, the better it is. And just know that you will have the support of people around you when you ask for it. Dr. Lori Lippiat, thanks for everything you've done for the profession and also for being our guest today on the Think Again podcast. Thanks, Scott. That's it for today's Think Again podcast brought to you by GPN Visions, a peer-to-peer -peer learning community to help grow your eye care business.